you've got to trust that whatever card you pulled was the card you were meant to pull. Even if you don't understand what the heck it means, okay, there was a reason for it. So don't pull a card, decide you don't like it, and put it back in the deck and keep pulling cards. Hi, I'm Andrea Neville. And I'm Jessica Paschke. We're two mediums whose spiritual experiences have been quite the adventure. We've discovered that sometimes the adventure is wonderful and unexpected, and sometimes it's downright uncomfortable. Join us as we chat about our own adventures and answer your questions about spirit, giving you specific tools and practices you can use to bring clarity and connection into your everyday life. Welcome to Adventures with Spirit. Are you enjoying Adventures with Spirit? Would you like to dive deeper into your own adventure? We are so excited to offer a two-to-one private reading with both of us. Appointments are limited. Head over to adventureswithspirit.com or look in the show notes to get the scheduling link and more information. So welcome to Adventures with Spirit podcast, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And today we would like to talk about Oracle cards and tarot cards. Yeah, Um, I'm a card junkie. (laughs) This is my favorite topic. (laughs) You know, I really could, you know, Jessica, maybe I'll just turn off my mic and I'll go, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it from here. No. (laughs) No, but really, so cards, I love cards. I, um, don't use them in my readings per se. I use them more for myself and then just, I have a new way. I do like to use them in a reading, uh, but I can say, you know, tell you about that later, but I found them probably in 2003, I would say. Mm -hmm. And I was drawn to Oracle cards because they didn't need the amount of training and knowledge that tarot cards do. Um, my first deck was the Archangel Oracle cards by Doreen Virtue. <laughs> that was my first deck. Oh, I still have it. <laughs> I love it. And I know it's like, it knows me and I know it, you know, I used it every day. So what about you, Jessica? What's your, my card story. Yeah. I think the first time I was exposed to cards was when I started intentionally developing my intuition and I went to a metaphysical mm-hmm. store to take psychic development classes. And they had a ton of card decks because it was also a store in a, in addition to someplace to take classes. And I remember getting a, a reading. I think it was probably a tarot reading. I guess it could have been Oracle cards too, but I remember being fascinated by the whole card thing. So I walked in with no card decks and I walked out with two. And one of them was the Archangel <laughs> Oracle, which for those of you <laughs> who have cards, you know, that was just the beginning. Um, but um, I'm just going to get one deck, four decks later. Um, so I walked later. out with uh, the Archangel Oracle uh, by Doreen Virtue mm-hmm. and uh, Wisdom of Avalon by Colette Baron reed Nice. Those were the two decks um, that I walked out with. And then a few weeks later, they were offering a tarot class, Introduction to Tarot. So mm-hmm. I thought, why not? I was really intrigued by that. And so I went to my first tarot class shortly thereafter. And then that began the journey of cards, like the journey journey of cards. And I'm fascinated by tarot. I, I, I'm fascinated by, I don't, I don't read it. And I, at this point am not going to learn, but I, that may change. (laughs) Sorry. I got you covered. Yeah. One never knows. (laughs) Um, I'm happy with my Oracle cards. I, I use them on my own for many years. And then I did have an opportunity to um, do a training with, uh, Doreen Virtue, actually one of the last trainings she ever did. So that was fun. I did that just because why wouldn't I, right? I mean, really. So let's talk a little bit about the difference. You know, what is an Oracle card? What are tarot cards? And I say tarot because in that training, it was with Doreen Virtue and Radley Valentine. They say tarot. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And that's why I say tarot. Some people say tarot. And I was a very good student. Matter. Yeah, I was a very it good does. student and listened to what they said. And so it's, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. So Oracle cards. Oracle cards are, they're more flexible because you don't have to know how to use them. 
There are ways to use them, but you can also kind of come up with what works for you. They include angel cards. You'll hear us mention angel cards quite mm -hmm. often. They have different themes. So yeah, that's why I like Oracle cards uh, for that is because they're not the same. Well, tarot has a couple different paths of tarot. I'm not going to get into it, but for the most part, tarot has a set system and a set lexicon based on a major arcana and a minor arcana, but Oracle changes from deck to deck. So just because you grabbed a Kyle Gray angel deck and you grabbed a Doreen virtue deck, they're going to work very differently, mm -hmm. which is great because you don't have to know how that works prior to picking up that deck. You can figure it out. You can figure it out. Yeah. Do so they have different themes, themes different right? Art. Different themes, different yeah. colors, different. Um, I think the intentions of the deck when they are created vary. Yeah. And then you're able to, um, whether it, you know, sometimes it's an angel day, sometimes it's an ascended master day. Sometimes it's a life map day, you know, whatever fairies. it is. Yeah. <laughs> fairies, all I have several kinds. fairies. Mm-hmm. They have a broader, I find that when I'm looking for broad themes on things, Oracle decks are great mm -hmm. because the cards have like a broader, a broader umbrella, a broader theme, right? Where if I'm looking for detailed information, like real detailed information, I'm going to grab my tarot, but I love working with big ideas, umbrella ideas. You know what I mean? Um, seeing the bigger picture. And I love that how Oracle does that in, in a very different way than tarot does. They're, they're really great for that. Can you tell us how, I mean, tell us a little bit more about tarot because you're the tarot expert here, not me. Tarot is really interesting. There's a couple different paths of tarot. So the path that I use is the rider weight path. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the, the decks look, um, and it's a pretty popular one you yes. know, um, out there. A lot of decks are based on rider weight. So if, if a deck says it's rider weight based, it means that it's going to have 78 cards and it's going to have a major arcana and a minor arcana. Okay. And the major arcana are the ones that we think of when the movies, oh, they always use these in the movies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that and the swords, they never use the nice cards. Okay. So the major arcana are, are kind of similar to Oracle in that they have archetypes, big themes, and, and they're like people. So you've got the fool, you've got the high priestess, the magician, you've got the chariot, then you've got the tower, you know, all these different cards, the sun, the moon, right? So you've got people in big situations. And it really tells you about the larger energy surrounding something. But then the beautiful part is you've got this minor arcana and it consists of four suits. And the minor arcana tells you the details of things. So let's say you drew a big energy card from the majors, then the minor would tell you the details of that card, right? So it, it starts to bring it into specificity. I guess. And they all have four suits. So that minor is going to have swords, cups, pentacles, wands. All right. If you're using the Rider Waite system. Rider okay. Waite. And some, there are some other you know. uh, tarot decks that use the same system, but have different pictures or not artistic swords. license. Yes. That like, they I think one of my decks has them as clubs. Yes. Or <laughs> you know? I have one that, you know, it's, um, uh, they use the four elements. Right. Yep. Because mm -hmm. the suits also represent the four elements. So there's, there's a lot of artistic license in each tarot deck, but, but just like Oracle, the Oracle decks have a set lexicon, a set language for that. Mm -hmm. deck. The Rider Waite system has a set lexicon where if you're seeing certain symbols or certain cards come up, you have a general idea of what they're going to mean. It doesn't matter what tarot deck you have in front of you. If the tower is coming up, it means things are breaking down in order to be built up in most of those decks, right? So, yes. so when, when I'm grabbing, whether I grab my good tarot deck uh, by Colette Baron-Reed, or I go and I grab my crow tarot deck, oh, I love my crow tarot deck, that tower is going to have a similar energy to it, right? But that isn't the case if I grab my Kyle Gray angel deck and pull Archangel Michael, and I go find my Doreen Virtue Angel deck and pull Archangel Michael. They're going to have very different, different energies, different so messages. My tarot decks are, they, none of them have towers in them. So they have cards what that would be- shame. Right. They have cards that would be similar. So maybe I that's freaking why, love the tower. <laughs> maybe that's why I haven't totally embraced and learned how to do it is because my tarot decks are, they're all 
different. So I don't necessarily see that same theme going through them. Okay. So that's mm-hmm. my limitation. I just have to get a different deck. Got it. And then play with the ones that I have. Right. And, yep. and, and I think, I think with, with tarot, it's such a complex, it can be such a complex system, but there's beauty in the complexity because I can put my intention on any tarot deck I have. And I love to use it in combination with my mediumship. So any tarot deck can be an angel deck. Any yes. tarot deck can be a spirit guide deck. You know, any tarot deck can be a ascended master deck. Any tarot deck can be a crossover loved one deck. You know, you because can they're use working them with you because it's my intention that way. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. And, and they have such a broad, you know, a lot of Oracle card decks, you'll see 44 cards tarot, mm-hmm. you get 78. It's just like more words. <laughs> Who doesn't love more words? I was just going to say you love more words. <laughs> I love all the words. So, so I just kind of like it because it's very flexible in terms of how I want to use it. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, do I want to use it to set intentions? Do I want to use it to manifest? Do I want to use it to get more information about my business or my relationships or work with my clients? I can use it in all those things. So I, okay. I like the flexibility of it, you know, the tarot decks. Yes. Yes. But it is, it is something that you sort of have to sit down and, and make the commitment to learn, Yeah. but there isn't any one way to read tarot. So some people will read, memorize all the meanings and read by the meanings. Fantastic. If that works for you, wonderful. That never worked for me. I could never sit down and memorize all the meanings. My intuition over my intuition overrides. Um, so I read a type of intuitive tarot that I call soul tarot. Cause I blend it with my mediumship and my intuition. And I use the cards like keys to unlock deeper messages. So often I'll have people say, how did you get that message from that card? And I'll be like, well, I saw the cat and then I went somewhere. (laughs) So I understand that because it's like an over, for me, I can see the larger Mm -hmm. message. And then if I try to break it down, which I can, I can break it down to make it very specific for people, but I know it's really always bigger than that. You know, so, so we have to think about when we're going to use an Oracle or an angel cards versus using tarot. And I know when you're looking for the detail, you go for the tarot and for the Oracle cards, this is the way I mean, I, I don't use them in readings. As I said, I never really have unless a client requests it, but I've been having fun the past month and just in certain readings at the very end of it, I pull a card and I know which Oracle card deck to use because I hear it, which, okay, maybe a little bit of cheating, but it's also helpful. And I love it when the card that I pull, it's basically the summary of the reading. Oh, don't you love that? I love it. I'm like, it's proof. It's evidence. Here we go. It's exactly what we just talked about. So, you know, it's right here. Yeah, it's right here. And then of course I can Mm -hmm. snap a picture of the card. Um, And I love that. And I, you know, with Oracle cards and I'm sure with Tarot, but with Oracle cards, you can you can pick a card a day if you wanted to. You could say, what would you like me to know today? And I honestly think less is more with Oracle cards. Well, mm-hmm. with cards in general, you can get so much information from one card a day. Yes. You do not need eight. Like eight is just going to, you're never going to dive deep into any of it. It gets confusing. <laughs> you know? It gets confusing. One card a day is so powerful. And one card a day for your tarot deck is so powerful too, because it really lets you start to understand how the decks are speaking to you during the day, like those specific cards. Yes. And when you come back, you can be like, Ooh, I remembered the day I chose that card, this happened. And so that's sort of the energy that it holds. Like when that card comes up, I know maybe there's something of a similar nature happening, you know, and that's mm-hmm. the power of the daily draw of the daily draw. You know? So let me ask you, I want to jump into some tips and techniques and things that people can use. But before I'm going to ask you, Jessica, how do you pick your decks? How do you choose the deck that you want to work with? Even at the store, let's go all the way to whether you're online mm-hmm. shopping or at a store, how mm-hmm. do you choose the deck? Well, I figure out what I'm going to be wanting to use the deck for right? So the decks that I use for myself versus the decks that I use in readings with clients, it varies, right? Or the decks that I use when I'm teaching. The tarot decks I use when I'm teaching are so different than the tarot decks that I'm grabbing for clients. Because when you learn, when you first start to learn, it's very helpful to have traditional imagery and the traditional images of the tarot of the original tarot, because it, even though those images may not appeal to you uh, initially, 
they make it really easy to read because they're so filled with symbols and colors and everything means something, right? So it's an intuitive wealth of intuitive information, easy, so many different ways to connect. So if I'm going to the store to pick a tarot deck to learn how to read tarot, I would say, make sure that you have a tarot deck that has pictures for both the major and the minor. Some minor just have pip cards where it's just like five cups on a card. There's no scene, but other decks have an actual painted scene out for that minor arcana. And I think it makes it easier to read because there's a story in motion happening, right? And you can look at the story and kind of connect to the meaning of the card. So I think if you're just learning and you're wanting to just learn tarot, go and find a deck that has images on all 78 cards traditional imagery. And there's so many decks out there in different, you've got the modern witch tarot, you've got the melanated tarot. I mean, there's so many fun decks that use that traditional imagery for you to tap into. You don't have to go with one of the traditional rider weight decks if you don't, if you don't want to. I think if I'm at the store for myself and I'm just purchasing for myself, I look at, because I'm fluent in tarot and I'm fluent in Oracle, <laughs> um, I look at the art you know, what does the art look like? What do the illustrations look like? Yes. Does it call to me? What is yeah. the intention? What is the intention, intention of, the, of deck? the deck? So mm -hmm. I'm drawn to decks that allow you to dive into the shadow because I love shadow work and I love diving under the surface. So I'm, I'm not going to pick a deck that's all sunshine and rainbows and never goes deep because that doesn't appeal to my personal style. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking for something that you're just wanting positive messages from, then you're, then you would you know, be looking for that in a deck. So, so what is the intention of the deck? Does the art call to you? You know, who wrote it? Who created it? And that's, do they resonate with you? Right, that's what I was going to say. I mean, a really good way to start is who, who do you trust or feel connected mm -hmm. to that has created mm -hmm. a deck? Also, when I started, I wanted to learn about the beings of each deck. So for instance, I have an, mm -hmm. I had an archangel deck. I got a fairy deck. So that it was my way of connecting more with nature. And I saw a nature deck. So nature, fairies, um, archangels, angels. I wanted to spend time with those particular energies. Yep. And ascended masters. So it was kind of my way in to learn and study more about them and right. make that direct connection. Because um, that was your intention. So you wanted to make sure intention. you had people. You didn't want just themes. You wanted... Yeah energetic beings on each card because you were going to then go maybe meditate with them or learn more about them. I wanted a personal relationship, right? I wanted and to learn about sense. them and connect, right? So mm -hmm. I chose my decks in that way. And then also, like you're saying that the pictures are really important to me. I don't yeah. look at all of them, but you kind of get an, get an idea and certain creators or authors have a similar style and then you'll know. They do. And you'll mm -hmm. know, but you know, I think that's where online comes in really nicely is because you can find people. Um, I often do unboxings of decks when I get them so that you can see every card in the video. So, you know, like, does this I'm resonate smiling with me? at the unboxing? You know? People love unbox. I've never done an unboxing video. I love, people unboxing. love unboxing. I have like five new decks <laughs> because there's never just one. Yeah. <laughs> I have, five I have new so many decks, decks waiting now. for unboxings and I yeah. need to, I need to sit down with them, but, um, and get those out, but, mm -hmm. but find an unboxing, see if it resonates with you. You know, what are the images are, you know, what's important to you when you're looking at a deck? Does it mm -hmm. like, like, does it call to you? My decks sing to me. Yes. I hear music with my text. Oh, That's okay. how I pick my text. Okay. Like there is just some, it's like a magnet, right? Like it's like a so magnet. I don't hear I the music, but I know which one is for me. Like I just, yeah. I can feel it. And there will be times when I get a new deck, y'all. And it just sort of lands with a thud. Like it comes in the mail and I look at it and I was like, oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> and, you know, or I'll open it up and be like, oh, the energy just doesn't speak to me. Right. Yeah. Like we just don't have a similar language. And then I just either gift that to someone else who I think will like it because I know I, I can get a feel for what it's meant for. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I exchange it for something else. But but don't be afraid if a deck comes and it's not working for you. It's not, not deck, every person. Right? It's okay. Not you're not gonna like every person you meet. You're not gonna like every deck you meet. Right. And <laughs> you, know? you know it's interesting <laughs> because you have decks for different purposes and so do I. Like I have decks that I keep in my office that are for clients. And I have decks that I keep in my altar, in my personal sacred space that mm -hmm. are only for me. Yep. And I very rarely mix the two. Sometimes, 
but very rarely. And I, it's only for specific reasons and, and I know what they are. So let's think about, there's so many great tips and techniques for beginners or, you know, people, if you haven't used cards or you're card curious, or you're just starting out, I think it's really important to start out with your cards with intention and with clearing them and blessing them. Do you want to talk mm -hmm. about that a little bit? Yeah. Whenever I get a deck, I open the deck, right? And I just sit with it for a second and just kind of tune in. Like what is what what is the energy surrounding this deck? Because they each have a different voice, right? A different way of speaking. They're all speaking, they're all connecting to spirit for me because that's my intention, but they all have a different, different dialect, let's say. So I pick the deck up and I just flip through the images one by one before I do anything. I'm just looking at each card, each, each, each image, one. just touching each card. And this is starting just to kind of make create that connection for myself, right? Mm -hmm. And after I get done with that process, then I'll clear the deck. Maybe I'll set it on selenite overnight. Maybe I'll put it in the sun, you know, but I'll just clear it, clear the energy. It's been a lot of spaces, you know, between a lot of hands. We're, we're yes. a lot of hands so I want to clear it. And then once that deck is cleared, I take a moment to, you can call it an intention setting. You can call it a blessing, a prayer, a heart connection. There's all different ways that people talk about it, but I take a moment. I just put the, the deck up against my heart. I do too. And I imagine a beautiful energy coming out of my heart space and surrounding the deck. Mm -hmm. And I feel something kind of click when I do that. And often then I start to kind of play with it. Now, when I'm getting a new deck, I, I don't use it in readings for other people until I'm fluent in it. So you were talking about, you were talking about how you have decks for yourself and you have decks for, for your readings with your clients. And the only decks that make it into readings with my clients are decks that I am fluent in, in and out. I can flip a card and I can tell you what that card means without ever touching a guidebook because I'm working with a client, right? Right. But the decks that I'm just getting, I'll save for myself and I will work one card at a time, daily card learn. and learn, learn the cards see how they want to speak. What kind of readings do they lend themselves? I'll, I'll test them. I'll take them on a test drive. Do they like relationship readings, business readings, shadow side readings? You know, do they like, what are, what are they, what are they really good at? Because each deck will be really good at one thing, right? I, I really like that. I want to pause you there for a second, because I think that's an important, an important aspect to bring up. Not every card deck is going to meet every single need. No. And then sometimes you end up confusing yourself when you're pushing, you confuse your readings and you're mm -hmm. using it for something that it doesn't really speak to. Well, some of the Oracle decks have very specific, yes, specific things like they do. <laughs> hands down, right. Um, where, you know, you're working with angels. So that's mm -hmm. going to come with its, its own thing, or you're working with crystals. That's going to come with a very specific kind of thing. I usually leave my crystal decks for like if I'm healing, working on healing or needing information on like the, you know, energetic mm -hmm. healing, you know, even, even tarot, not every tarot deck wants to be used in the same way. In fact, most of them don't. I, <laughs> I understand very that specific yeah. energy. And if I'm reading for someone else, just because I love my crow tarot deck and I love my crow tarot deck doesn't mean that the person across from me, it's going to speak for them. So when I'm picking a deck, I like to have a lot of different options um, that I'm fluent in so that I can say, tune into that person sitting across from me. What is their energy wanting right now? Mm -hmm. Ah, they want angels and ancestors or, ooh, they want wisdom of the Oracle or, ooh, they want traditional rider weight, right? And I can make that connection for them. So I think it's, you know, you can have one Oracle deck to start, but <laughs> I'm encouraging people to become addicts. I was going to say you end up you end up with more because you want to try. You know, I have um, a friend of mine gifted me, which is always very lovely when someone gifts you an Akashic prayer tarot deck, and I would not use that with a client. But you use it for yourself. I use it for myself, right? Yeah. And that's what yeah. I'm saying. I use it for myself mm -hmm. because, and as an Akashic record practitioner, I know it's just so deep. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so personal that it's not something I would just pull out and flip mm -hmm. for someone. I'm also one of those. There is a lot of different ideas about this, but I'm one of those who I don't like, I don't let people touch my cards. It's just oh, my really? thing. I don't let them touch my cards. Now, oh. I'm not a tarot reader. 
So it's different, but I, I, sometimes I do, but I'm always like, eh, I hear if I'm pulling cards for somebody, I hear exactly which cards to pull. Like, I'm not just guessing they, I get told this card, that card. So I hesitate to have other people touch because I'm just big into the energy thing. Oh, see, I just I'm clear right. my deck. I just clear yeah, my deck clear when it's, you know what I mean? When it's and all said and done. Tarot readers, right? you tend to have the sitter touch the cards, mm-hmm. to pull the well, cards. Well, you can. Yeah. Some tarot readers don't don't like it yeah. when you do that. It's just, right? I think it's a personal preference. It is. So it's I don't mind. I just clear them. Yeah. I have a million ways to clear a deck and I don't mind. And if the person wants to, that's great. I think, you know, in some situations and maybe we're getting it in, into it a little more in depth than we need to, but it's very empowering sometimes for people to draw their own card. Yes. Right. And, but you got to just kind of read the person sitting across from you. you yes. Know? And you know it's, what, in that instance, I do, you know, who always has to pull their own card is my husband. Now <laughs> I love that. Right. It's not, it doesn't happen often that he would let me pull out cards, but and actually, I think my daughter too, but they insist on pulling their own cards because they don't trust me. <laughs> no, I don't know that, but I'm just saying that. <laughs> they don't trust that I can hear which card they need. But anyway, on another, let's talk about it. maybe how we, since we're talking about clearing, how you can get clear when you're doing a reading. So if you're getting ready to pull cards for yourself, you don't necessarily just want to, again, you're running through your day and you grab a card. I no. Because it is a sacred moment where you are connecting to the cards and the aspects connected to those cards. Well, yeah, but if your energy is scattered yeah. because you're doing a million things at once, your reading's going to be scattered. Yes. Right. So, so you don't so, want to just, you know, and it doesn't mean you have to spend forever. No, you know? take a minute, ground. And what if your grounding just, is just a quick come deep present. breath? Come right. present, take a couple deep breaths and know that right here in this moment, I am going to do a card reading for myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I usually ground, I clear myself, clear the deck, um, and just take a moment to kind of tune into the energy before I do any kind of reading. And then I pull my card and then I always journal. So can you talk, can you talk about that? You're a big journaler with your cards. And I think Mm. it's helpful for people to hear about how you use them. Yeah. Well, I didn't used to be though. (laughs) I draw a card. I would look at it. I would sit with it. Maybe I'd even meditate on it. And then I'd be like, good enough. I got what I needed. And I, and I left. And then I don't know, maybe back in 2017, I went to Colette Baron Reed's Oracle school. Very first time she offered it for the public and they were very big on journaling and I'm very big on following the rules. (laughs) (laughs) So I am, but I'm not. But I was grateful that I did in this situation because they really encouraged you, you know, and and she said something that's always stuck with me. She said, you can pull a card today and you can journal about it and you will get one layer of the message. Right. And often while you're writing, it unlocks something else and you keep writing. But even if you just jot a few things down, if you come back to it later that day or even the next day, right, all of a sudden you're seeing a different layer of that card, Right you're seeing a different level of that card. And I, and I found that to be true every time If I draw a daily card, just one, because I really only need one to be that key to unlock whatever message is there. When I draw that daily card, if I start writing about it, either I switch into automatic writing and I get a whole new message from spirit, or I go beyond just what I initially thought the card was about. And I start making connections on a deeper, more subconscious level. And so I think journaling really does help you get the full meaning out of the card, right? I mean, sometimes there are times when I pull a card and I look at it and say, okay, yep. But if I'm really wanting to like work with a deck, like really show up, I always have my journal and my pen handy because that is the way for me to unlock insights that there's no freaking way I could have done by just just pulling the card just because that's just the surface. And I understand Mm -hmm. that. The other thing I like to do sometimes when a, a card is very powerful for me in that moment is I, I leave it, I leave it out. I don't put it oh, back I do in the, too. right. I, I just yeah. leave it on, on my altar space for mm-hmm. however long it needs to be. Sometimes it's a day, sometimes it's a few days so that mm-hmm. I'm always, my attention is always brought back to it and but that's it the does, beauty. it continues. It does. That's the beauty of having decks for yourself though, 
It's because you don't have to put the card back in the deck. Right. Because you got a client coming up. Right. <laughs> you know, that it can sit out there a few days. I got a new deck that one card's been out for about four days now, and I'm not ready to put it back yet. I, I keep gazing at it and thinking about it and pondering. And, and I don't maybe journal every time I look at it, but I do just sit there and I like, I just kind of get lost in the image and just let things kind of loosen themselves up, you know? And before I put it back, I'll maybe journal. It moves different layers. Right. Mm -hmm. The message is really one does. thing and then there's, it's a deeper message and it continues on. So yeah. let's talk about when people are doing readings for themselves. I want to talk about how many readings you should do on a specific question <laughs> or an issue and yeah. what happens when you kind of go outside of that, because that that's a problem. And you Oracle know, I, abuse. It, Oracle abuse. And I, I hear mm -hmm. people ask me, they'll say, what happens when you do a reading and the cards don't align with your gut instincts. Like they go against your instincts. And then I talk to them about it and I find out that, you know, maybe they've pulled eight cards, you know, or done three readings on the same, the same question. Okay. So we've got a couple different things going on with that question. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning. How many okay. readings are really healthy is the question. Yes. How many readings are let's healthy? Let's start with that. <laughs> okay. Listen, you've got to trust that whatever card you pulled was the card you were meant to pull. Even if you don't understand what the heck it means, okay, there was a reason for it. So don't pull a card, decide you don't like it and put it back in the deck and keep pulling cards. So that's as bad as like people do that. 8 million readings. They do, yeah. but it's so tempting. Like I will pull a card and let's say like, oh, the devil from the tarot pops up and I'm like, I don't want to look at my bindings and my shadow. <laughs> That's your mouth, Tarot. <laughs> you know, and I would love to put that card back, or I would love to keep pulling cards until I quote unquote get it. But but that's not gonna be healthy for anyone because that then really muddies the waters, right? It's like yes. you kicked up the sand underneath and the waters are no, no longer clear. So I would say if you if you pull a card, okay, and you don't understand the card, stop the reading for the moment. All right. Just stop mm -hmm. the reading for the moment and give yourself a minute. You may want to come back later to it and you might see it in a different light because maybe you weren't in the right headspace or you didn't ground or clear enough before you sat down, right? You may find yourself coming back to it and like journaling a little bit about it. And you just free thought, like when I pulled this card, I wanted to set it on fire. Like not even about the meaning, right? Like your emotional response to yes, the card, that's right? Important. Like, no, that's indicative. You know, because that holds meaning too, it right? Does. Or this card makes my stomach hurt. Well, great. Right about right Why? about how much your stomach hurts, right? Mm -hmm. You know, what makes you uncomfortable about it? You know, um, so don't be so quick. The first thing is don't be so quick to put that card back in the deck because there is a purpose to it. And this is why I say don't pull a million cards too. And, and Andrea agrees because it can get confusing. Yeah, you know confusing. what I mean? It can, it can get confusing. More cards doesn't mean better. It just means more, mm -hmm. <laughs> okay? Which means there's more things you have to uncover and unlock, all right? So there's that. That's one piece of that question. The other piece is like you brought up, if you're doing a bunch of different readings on the same thing over and over because you didn't hear what you wanted to hear in the first the one. Same time, we're at the same time. Like, at the same day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But even be really aware if you ask about a relationship on a Monday, mm. chances are on Wednesday, nothing's, on Wednesday, it's not really <laughs> going to change that much this unless you true. did something dramatic. So, right. So you need to kind of maybe, maybe instead of doing a whole nother reading, pull those cards back out of the deck and set them out in front of you and ask yourself, what do these cards say to me today now? Right yes. now I've had great, great luck with that going back six months and looking at maybe like one of my bigger readings that maybe have six cards in it and looking at like the long-term energy. And then I come back and I read them and it's like, pew, whoa, your perspective, <laughs> different yes. perspective, right? Yeah. So rather than maybe choosing new cards, perhaps just pull the old ones out and continue to ponder and, and look at that. Right. But if you're doing it back to back and back, expecting a different answer, you're going to start to confuse your intuition and yourself. It's just going to get, you're going to, it's just going to get unclear. And that's what we call Oracle abuse. People who ask the same question over and over and over, and they do like five card readings in a row or two card readings in a row, honestly, about the same thing, or every single day they're asking about it, you know, pulling the same card about the same. And it's usually relationship readings, honestly, <laughs> people get 
bound up or, or work or career, you know, but that when you're, here's the beautiful part about Oracle abuse. There's always a beautiful part is that it's telling you how much that subject or that situation means to you and how much it matters to you. So, so if you're finding that that you're wanting to draw a lot of cards on it, it just means this thing is important to you and it's okay Mm -hmm. to have important things. But at that point you might need, you might need an outside perspective of a reader. You might need to be talking, step away, talking with your friends, give yourself some space, right? So, so the question you asked though was, well, when it, when you, you know, you're doing a card reading and your reading goes against what you think your instincts are. Okay. So, so you really, what you are is questioning yourself. You're questioning yourself. That's what, that's what really, that's what that is. <laughs> right. You're questioning so, yourself. And are the cards supporting me or negating me? Okay. So it's never that easy. It's never that black and white with cards. Right. So if I sit down and I think my intuition two things can be happening. I could make it want to mean what I like, right? Like it may not be my intuition at all. It may be like, this is what I really, really want. And now I want the cards to show me the same thing. And then they come up different because you didn't have the, (laughs) you're talking about what you want, not your intuition, right? Which is tricky. Happens to all of us. We do it all the time, right? (laughs) Okay. Just like you can interpret the cards to what you want them to mean, not what they actually mean, (laughs) you know? So it can happen that way. Or if your intuition is that strong and and you feel really comfortable with what you're getting and you pull the cards and they come up differently than that, then that's uh, a sign to slow down for a second because you may not be seeing the whole picture, right? You may not be seeing more time. Give yourself more time. Journal about those cards. What are the aspects they're bringing through that you didn't see before? How does it tie in with what you know to be true or what you think to be true? And if it's really conflicting and it's the exact opposite, then I would say this is a red light from spirit or a red flag from spirit. That's a stop. You don't have the clarity you need, or you think you have, and you need to give it some space and you need to like, you know, get a different perspective on things because there's more information here that needs to be seen. Mm -hmm. I have a couple of decks that have cards that basically say pause. Uh, my angel guide deck from Kyle Gray has a no. (laughs) I I flipped that that and it says no. And I was like, like, well, that was easy. Okay. (laughs) I never ask yes or no questions, but but that, but that leads us to questions because the Mm. power of questions is, is huge. There are a lot of ways to use Oracle cards. Some, Mm -hmm. you know, we're now we're even getting into divination at this point for some people when they're doing a topic, but let's extend it. Mm-hmm. Let's extend the power of the question. Yeah, there's an art to asking a question. There is. When I teach my soul tarot class live, we have a whole week on the art of asking the question because how you phrase a question can really have a huge effect on, on how it is answered, right? Yes. You know, and I briefly I, tossed out there, I don't ask yes or no questions because life is not yes or no. It's always, you're always going to get some mucky confusion when you ask a yes or no question, because you're asking the deck to tell you something, right? You're like, tell yes. me yes or no. And it's not ever, Should I do it? yes or like, no, no, that's not how that works. Free will, <laughs> you know? So I would say shy away from yes or no questions. Cause they're really not helpful. Some people are really great at that and awesome, but, but really honestly, life is, is more complex than that. So I would shy away with that. You know, one of my favorite things is just to ask what's the energy surrounding this right now. I like that too. I use that. Yeah. And and just pick one card and then see what it says. I may pick a card that says, you know, what's hidden from me that I don't see. I may pick a card. What's challenging me about this or a deeper meaning card. What's supporting. I'll do that. Or what's influencing. I'll say what, what is influencing this situation or influencing me or whatever it is at the moment right now. Right. right. What are the, the influencing mm-hmm. factors? And then you just, you get the spread and it's like, oh, yeah. Okay. So it could be, yeah. I also like, and I learned this from Kyle Gray. I heard him talking about it. The strength heart challenge card. And I know that you, you teach some things with Kyle that you have yeah, a mentor so, right now. Yes. Yeah. So you're very familiar with this. And I do mm-hmm. love that strength heart challenge. I use that. Yeah, often. It's, it's beautiful. You'll see it in the front of all of his decks, any of the Kyle decks that you get. And the, the strength card just says, you know, what is your strength right now? What are you really shining at? 
right? What are you really shining in? It's so helpful. And it's so helpful. And the heart card just says, what is, what does my heart want you to know? That's how I interpret that one. What does my heart want me to know? And then the challenge is something that you're, you're either working on or um, you're feeling challenged by, or, you know, something like that, oh, you know, which I love. So helpful. It, it really covers really a beautiful helpful. array of <laughs> energy, you know, and you just, the key to that, any kind of spread that has like a one word strength, heart challenge, the key is to be clear about what you're asking about. It's not a yes or no, but just what are we, what is the topic I'm asking about and why am I asking about it? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Why, why am I bringing this to my cards? And you may even want to do some pre-journaling to get that energy out. So you get a clearer reading. This is what I want to know about. And this is why I want to know about this. Get that energy out on paper, then shuffle, then choose your cards. And I, you're going to have so much clearer reading than if you just, just sat down and picked, right? You just want to be really clear on your intention. Mm-hmm. And I like it. It's, it's clear, it's simple, and it's always broader, right? It's just more expansive. Mm-hmm. And then it lets you think of things on a, on a different level for yourself so that you can move through. I listen, if I'm using my cards, I'm looking for support. I'm looking for some guidance as far as expanding truly. Mm-hmm. Am I going to move in the best way? So I just want clarity. I think when I sit down with my cards, like yeah. show me something I don't see. So I see the bigger picture, right? So I get a higher perspective on it. Like yes. I liked it. I like it when they show me the things that I either am not, I'm turning away from. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. I, right? They always show put me, me right back I'm in ignoring. Line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm laughing. I got those the other day. <laughs> We were, we were talking about shuffling though. And there's, there's one question that comes up again and again mm-hmm. is what if I'm shuffling and a jumper pops out and jumpers are cards that fly out of the deck from free will, uh, like, uh, like, like just freely, not free will, just freely. They, they jump out of the deck. Like you didn't intend it. And they, they land on the floor, they land on the desk or, or whatever. And people always are like, what do I do with that card? Did I pick that card? Did they, whatever. So I'm going to say, I am of the camp and there's very, very different camps on this that I feel like you should empower yourself by selecting your card. I do not feel like for me and the way that I teach that you should shuffle until a card falls out. Like, I feel like that's avoiding making a commitment to picking. Okay. Now that may not be your intention, but that's, that's how it feels to me. And so I don't do it that way. I don't shuffle till the cards jump out. I shuffle and I spread them out. And I empower myself and I step into the energy of the reading by intentionally selecting the card. Now, if I, I do have small hands and cards do pop out every once in a while. And if that's the case, then I will take, and it's usually just like one card flips while I'm shuffling. I just set it off to the side and I read it after the reading is done. So I do the whole reading, I journal about the reading, and then I look at the jumper card. Sometimes it's just another piece of information. Sometimes it's a message from, you know, my spirit guides that it's about something I really needed to know. And I wasn't asking the question and they were trying to catch my attention. attention. So that that jumper card can be very powerful, right? It doesn't necessarily tie into your reading though. It can just, it could be something else or it could tie in, but I just kind of set it off to the side. I do the same. I I choose, I also shuffle and choose my cards intentionally. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I always know I either hear or know there's my clear cognizance, clear sentience or clear audience, which one to pull for myself. So Mm -hmm. I do that. And I don't often have a lot of jumpers, but when I do, I do the same thing. I, I, it's like one and I set it to the side and then look at it after and see the overall influence and message there. Mm -hmm. But I know if it's more than one, then that tells me that you're not grounded Mm-hmm. And you need to put all the cards in the deck, set the deck down, take a deep breath, ground, mm-hmm. and then pick your deck up again. Because <laughs> that means the energy is is going all it's sporadic. It's sporadic. It's kind of all over. Right. So if you're getting like five cards shooting out of the deck, then gently put them back in the deck, take a deep breath and pull yourself present and then shuffle again and, and try again. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. So I think we pretty much am thinking about what people would need to know going through your well, daily why don't day. You- why don't you tell me, you know, we talked about it briefly, but take me through step-by-step step how you do a daily reading for yourself, you know, and then okay. how, what do you do with the card after you draw it? Just, just to recap, I know we've okay. kind of sprinkled it in, but yes, but okay. So you know. full disclosure, I don't always do a daily reading. 
I don't. Well, who do, who always does anything? Right. But I'm just I saying. I have the best it's intentions. Not, right? <laughs> so in, in the beginning, in 2003, when I started with my Oracle cards, I did a daily reading. Every day, I would pull one card from my, you know, my first Archangel deck. And I would say, what would you like me to know today? And I still love that question. And what one. it did was just kind of bring my attention to, I, and, and at that point, I didn't necessarily understand the deeper. It was really good at just bringing to my, my attention what I needed to look at. Right. And I did that every day. I love that. Yeah. So once you drew your card, did you then just kind of meditate with it? Did you journal with it? Did you? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Depending on the day. Yeah. It depends on the day. Sometimes it would Mm -hmm. just sit out because it really, it either moved me. So I kept it sitting out or I didn't understand. So I kept it sitting out. Mm-hmm. Or I would write it down or I would just sit with it. Because remember, I was also using it as a way to deepen my connection with mm-hmm. whatever energy was with the deck. So I would sit with it in that moment with that archangel. Yes. And that helped develop, you know, my Those angel connections. I think more often than once I, I got more confident and more comfortable with my cards, and I would even use them for myself or other people. I think now on the daily or not the daily on a regular, if I'm doing a card reading, I'm going in, I don't as often say, what would you like me to know? But sometimes I still do. Cause I think it's fun. I do like to do the strength heart challenge card. I do that maybe once every other month or so I'd have to say, but usually I'll say, I know what's going on with me. I listen, I know what my challenges are. I'm very clear on what my challenges are. And so I like to use the cards to say, what is the energy that's involved in this? Or what would support me at this moment, working through this issue slash challenge. And then I, I put those out. Those are nice questions. Mm -hmm. I use similar. Sometimes I'll ask, I'll sit down and, and I'll shuffle and I'll ask, you know, what is my message for the day or what do I need to know today? Because I don't have anything on my mind. I just kind of want like spirit. I just open it up to spirit and see what they want to draw my attention to. Like you said, or what is the energy surrounding this is one of my favorite daily questions. What do I need to know about? Oh, I like that one. You know, I like all I need to know about, you Mm -hmm. know, what, what am I not seeing? Cause often that's why I'm going to my cards is to figure out what I, you know, I, I, I have a certain clarity on something up to a certain point. And then I want spirit to step up and say, don't forget this chunk. <laughs> you know, So I reach out and then obviously I'll journal. Um, there are some cards that are so beautiful that after I journal, I'll want to meditate with them. Like I want to go to the place in the card. There's a, a new deck that's got some phenomenal pictures where I'm just like, yes. now I'm going to go on a soul journey to wherever this is. Cause I want to know it's there. That's like such powerful energy. I'm hanging out there and hanging out there. Um, or I'll want to, if there's a being on the card, I'll want to connect more fully with the being, but I don't do that every day. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't have time to do that every day. So usually I'll choose a card and I'll write at least briefly about it and then set it out. If I feel like there's more to be seen and, and come back to it later in the day, but it doesn't have to be super long, you know, it doesn't have no, to be right. Super sometimes long. I, I do it really quickly. And sometimes I spend a half an hour doing, it's just, you know, what, yeah. where I am. You know, a lot of times at the end, I, I like to pose the question, is there action needed with this information? Ooh. I don't, I don't pull a card on it. I just ask myself, like, I've just gotten done journaling about it. And I, this is the information that came through through spirit. Is this something that I need to take action on? And if the answer is yes, what is that first action step, right? How do I, how do I do that? But if it's no, it's just information to kind of like percolate then I just let it sit and like kind of roll around in there until I feel inspired to take action or shift something, you know, but I always yeah, ask I like myself that. at the yes. end. And I think now that you mentioned that when I have those cards that are going to offer me the support and the expansion, I do go back, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's somewhere in my process of working through it. I go back and check back in. How am I doing? Where am I now? What's next? Right. Where do I put my attention next? It's very helpful. Yeah, it's very helpful. I love that. So hopefully you've taken kind of, you've learned a little bit more about Oracle, the difference between the tarot, Oracle abuse, the art of asking questions. There's so much information out there. 
like I said, each Oracle deck is going to have their own guidebook. Read the guidebook. Uh, please do. <laughs> um, because the information prior to that will may be telling you how, what the intention was for the deck and how to use the deck and different layouts and things like that. So, so do read that beginning, beginning, because there's a lot of, I mean, some of them are like little mini Oracle classes. They're so detailed. Mm -hmm. It's lovely. Mm -hmm. um, I think with tarot, the guidebooks really some of them are amazing if if you know you'll see some decks that'll have like in like an additional guidebook that goes with them I always get it I always think it's fascinating the information that's in the more in-depth guidebook but if you're getting the tarot decks with the little pamphlets those aren't really enough to guide you so I would kind of look out there and see is there a tarot meaning book that I want to have on my shelf like I love uh, you know, I've got a couple of them, but I love 78 Degrees of Wisdom, I think it's called by Rachel Pollack. That's a great book. It is not for the faint of heart. It is, it is a more advanced kind of look into the tarot. But my whole point is have a meanings book on your shelf if you want to play with the tarot so that if the guidebook doesn't do it for you, you can go to like a universal meanings and, and, and grab it and pull it out. Oh, that's a great one. You know, because um, Biddy Tarot is a great resource if you're just starting for guide meetings. She's got an online guide meeting that, you know, where you type in the card on her website and it comes up with keywords and, and meanings. And they're lovely. There's just a lot of different ways you can play with it. So if you're looking for something online, that that's a great resource. But, you know, as you're journeying with your cards, you may want to take a card class, right? You may want to go more in depth, you know, um, and understanding how the Oracle cards work or understanding how tarot cards work. Um, and if that's the case, please reach out to me. I, I do teach card classes, tarot classes. I've got one coming up here in the spring where I teach you how to use the tarot to connect to your soul and to connect to spirit, which is a little bit different than than your regular tarot and um, both Andrea and I are happy to do readings for you yes. um, you know using cards we're, we're we're both happy to do that as well you, so if you know what I do sometimes just hmm. for fun because you know how you just we just need to connect with people right yeah. and I think of my clients in my community and sometimes I just do a little thing I even call it like a hangout it's like pop-up hangout you know yeah and yeah. we hang out and everybody brings their oracle cards if you have them Mm -hmm. And we just check in, we pull cards for each other, we support each other, and we just take a moment to know that, you know, we're not alone and we're all together. But yeah, find the like way a little party, find a way to connect to them, find a way to party. play with them. It's like a little yeah. party. Find your way. Yeah, but just have fun with it, you know, play with it. It's just one part of your adventure. So, you know, see where it leads you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, y'all. Bye. Thanks for being a part of today's Adventure with Spirit. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. We'd love it if you left a review. Visit our website at adventureswithspirit.com to find out more information and submit a question for the chance to be featured in a future episode. Like what you heard? Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Andrea Neville Psychic Medium and at Intuitive by the Sea for more inspiring content. Here's to being adventurous.